Welcome to Groovy Soup. Groovy. A showcase of music from artists and bands from across Ohio. And your chance to hear something new and local. Here's your host, Paul Holden. Welcome to another episode of Groovy Soup, a show all about the artists and bands of Ohio and sometimes the friends of Ohio. I'm Paul Holden, your host and chef of this mashup of melodies. Tonight, we're going to look at some very interesting sides of the music world. We take a look inside the classroom with Maria Keck and we check in with beatbox champion Loop the Lou. Leading off the show tonight, here's Maria Keck with Mightier. Truth. 
That was Mightier by Maria Keck. Maria is performing as part of a friend of the show, Megan Wren's live stream showcase on Mondays that she does. Megan Wren's Instagram and stuff. You can go check it out there. Uh, That's going on tomorrow. But she joined me on the show not only to talk about her own tunes, but about the importance of music education. Maria is an elementary music teacher, and here's tonight's lesson. Joining me today, we got a great musician performing tomorrow on the virtual interwebs as part of our good friend Megan Wren's Monday live stream. Uh, We got Miss Keck joining us today. Thank you so much. Hey, it's great to be here. Thank you for having me. I have every show start off by having our artists introduce themselves and telling us a little bit about what they do. So the floor is yours. Awesome. Cool. Yeah. Well, my name is Maria Keck. I am a music teacher. I teach elementary music. So grades kindergarten through fifth grade, um, just across the river in Indiana, actually. So, um, yeah, I just started kind of writing and uh, doing a little bit of performing about a year and a half ago. So my main thing is teaching music. And I kind of realized that I could actually use my musical knowledge to uh have a good time on my own, in my own personal life. So I've been doing that just for a little bit now, just kind of starting to break ground with that. So, yeah. You picked a great time to start performing live last year. (laughs) (laughs) No, but that's awesome. I love it. I've been loving the stuff I uh, I've seen. You can uh, find Maria there on SoundCloud right now. That's where her music is living. If uh, I was listening uh, there a little bit uh, before the show, but um, let's start with, a little bit more on the personal side. You're a music teacher, and we're going to dive into that. But what was the moment that made you decide, I want to start doing this for me? I want to, I have stories to tell, and I want to use music to tell my stories. Yeah. So, like, I guess kind of a classic story. It was, um, I graduated college in 2017, and it's going to get real personal for a second. I kind of jumped straight into a long relationship right out of college that sort of um, suppressed me there for the first couple of years of my adult life you know that time when you're supposed to be like thriving and finding yourself and all that jazz and um so kind of towards the end of that relationship a couple two and a half years in was when I um started letting my emotions out into lyrics and songs and actually kind of venturing out on my own um because we were a very like exclusive like don't do a lot with a lot of other people kind of mm-hmm. couple and so I started going to see live music urban artifact was my go-to place uh every Wednesday so I just go hang out there and I started to become you know inspired by local musicians and uh just seeing the variety and realizing that you know making my own music could be anything that I wanted it to be, didn't have to fit a specific mold. Uh, So I started putting my feelings down on paper. And I think that kind of moment, those uh, few months of my life were kind of defining for me personally, uh, 
getting out of that relationship and then also starting to write music so yeah it's a yeah that's a that's a uh, you know a great quote unquote story but I'm, I'm happy it's led to where you are now and it sounds like a uh, it, it's helped bring you uh, more passion to something that is so already involved in your life with with what you do professionally would you say music was a tool that you you or or how effective of a tool was it to reconnect with people that you said that you might have lost in that exclusivity or just maybe not specific people, just people in general? Um, it's, it's been a huge factor definitely over the past couple of years. I've made like some of the best friends of my life, uh, you know, thus far through music. Um, and like I said, it's a new chapter when you get out of college, like it's a, it's a whole new world. And so um, it's weird trying to make new friends and trying to reconnect with the world around you when you've been kind of separated from it for a while. So music has played a big role in connecting me to people that are, you know, more like me and also a lot more not like me, which is a great thing too, but opening my mind, uh, teaching me new things, um, you know, bringing me on fun adventures. So it's played a huge role for sure. More from Maria Keck. Next, here on Groovy Soup. This is Groovy Soup on Power 105. This is Groovy Soup on Power 105. Welcome back to Groovy Soup. Here's another song from Maria Keck. This one's called Wild and Free.
inside my lungs Fresh clean dirt between my toes I'm tired of playing with fools I'm tired of living by the rules When I grow up When I grow up When I grow up When I grow up That was Wild and Free by Maria Keck. We got more from Maria on the way right now. Yeah, it's a, it's a powerful tool of communication in so many different ways. Like you were mentioning, you were able to finally get your thoughts and emotions out and uh, talk about things that uh, was going on in your life. And you've been able to reconnect and connect with new people. And opening your eyes to those experiences is, is always awesome. And music and collaboration go hand in hand. So that's, that's really, really great to hear. We're talking to Miss Maria Keck here, music teacher, her also performing her own music. You can catch her on Megan Wren's live stream tomorrow. What time does that start? That's a good question. It's tomorrow um, night. We'll get, I'll get the deets with, <laughs> with the rest of the episode. We'll put the rest of the stuff, but Megan Wren, friend of the show, she's been on a couple of times, tons of great artists going to perform a song or two, uh, as part of that live stream, but let's dive into the professional side, not only music, uh, you know, highlighting and showing off uh, your, the personal side of you, but being a music teacher, uh, just tell me about being a music teacher. Tell me about the process, especially an elementary school music teacher, uh, probably one of the more difficult uh, music teaching positions there is, I'd say. You know, it's the only kind that I've done, so I can't really speak to that. <laughs> Personally, the idea of teaching middle schoolers and high schoolers with hormones is the most terrifying. <laughs> um, so I don't know. I don't know. You know, to each his own. Everyone has their different different strengths. Um, teaching music is a blast. It's a lot of hard work. It's stressful, but um, I can't imagine waking up at 6 a.m. for any other job. So um yeah, it's, it's wonderful. I love elementary music because there aren't a lot of cookie cutter rules for how you have to do what you do. We have standards um, that we have to meet. Um, but aside from that, there are so many resources and it's not, uh, it's not one instrument. It's not, you know, this style of composer, this style of composer. It's like whatever you want to do, um, as long as you're kind of exposing children. And um, for me, it's it's um, teaching children how to appreciate and experience music. So moving forward in life, they have a deeper appreciate, appreciation. Um, so I love it for that reason. I love that I can, I can flow with how each class is you know, receiving the content and I can adjust as I go and nobody's really going to tell me that's wrong because I'm still meeting, you know, a standard and 
kids are still getting to experience music, whether it's hands-on with instruments or visually or composing with, you know, their buddies or whatever. They have so, there are so many ways to teach when it's in that setting, mm -hmm. you know, not just sitting in a chair and um, fingering the notes on your instrument. Uh, there's so many ways to teach, which I love. Yeah, that's yeah, that's a, that's a great point. And uh, I, like you said, you have the standards to meet, but how you get there that uh, can vary on on what you want to be showing the kids. And there's so much to to teach in music. Why is it important for uh, kids to get involved in music um, in elementary school? Why is it uh, an important part of their everyday curriculum? What what's uh, what's important about having uh, that exposure to music at a young age? Um, I think. In that moment, when they are actually children, I think it's um, important in the moment because they are connecting to a world outside of their little bubble through music. I think um, music gives us a way to present different cultures, different ideas, his like historical context around music so many things that kids are not exposed to or if they are exposed to it's it's not in a creative way so it's not as engaging it's not as interesting and it doesn't make them um, feel the same way that you know a, a social studies class might make them feel um, so connecting to, to a different culture or seeing you know how other people in other parts of the world live and then experiencing the emotion that goes along with that too, because, you know, music is the universal language, as they say. Um, so in that moment, I think that's a big, a big deal. It also gives them a way to process emotions, to let out creative ideas that they may not have known they had. Um, so giving kids that tool, even if it's just on a really small scale, to um, create when they didn't know they could create and to put their own little spice into something when they didn't even know they were capable of doing that. Uh, that's really cool. It's empowering for them. Um, and then it's also empowering just moving forward, you know, giving a kid the confidence to be able to sing in front of other people or like to know that they can sing on pitch or to know that they can keep a steady beat. Like how many adults do you talk to who are like, oh, well, you know, when I was a kid, my music teacher told me I couldn't sing. So now I, I have this scar like that I'm never going to get over and I'm never right. going to have the joy of singing karaoke or singing in church or whatever it may be. Um, even if that's something I can conquer in every kid, that's like I've done my job, you know? Yeah. Absolutely. I mean, I, I think that's a great point. There's so many good things, but that confidence is a big one. It's and to, to be able to to build that, uh, you know, passion for music to help them carry it throughout life to be able to perform. I mean, building that confidence just will lead into everything else, public speaking, school, uh, just being friends, just having the confidence, especially if you're feeling comfortable enough to stand up and perform in front of the whole school for a, a thing, you, you shouldn't hesitate to uh, sing in front of your friends and family and be able to, to explore collaboration and do stuff there. That's how you form bands. That's how you are able to find those other kids that are passionate about it. And, and it's so great when I get to talk to bands that start as high school bandmates and then they go and they get to go to college, maybe together or close by and they get to really get into doing music. And it all starts from class. It all starts from music class. I mean, that's where that's where they all they got the first start. That's where they met. Music class is very important. Those extracurriculars, very important for our kids. Maria, we uh, just got time for a couple more questions. I know it was quick, but I hope uh, you, you enjoyed yourself here. Um, 
how does being a music teacher change your approach to music creation? Yeah, so I love to use uh, this method of elementary music pedagogy called Orf Schulwerk. Um, so it's this is like a, one of the main approaches that elementary teachers use. Um, and it's based around kind of layering, um, taking like step-by-step -step, um, approaches, maybe going from like a poem with words, using that rhythmically, putting that rhythm on an instrument, adding like an improvised melody to that rhythm so it's kind of like building blocks that gives kind of gives kids like a um almost like a structure but to still be able to create their own thing with a with a given structure um i love orf Schulberg. it's usually abbreviated orf um anyways so that's all about layering and if you have an ensemble of orf instruments usually you're layering um, patterns that are kind of repeated over and over again, rhythmic or melodic patterns. Um, and that's kind of actually, when it gets down to it, that's kind of what inspired my looping um, because I realized what I'm teaching the kids, I can do, um, you know, on my own with a loop pedal. And um, even the simplest stuff that I'm doing with kids is going to set, is going to sound really cool um, to, you know, the common ear or to anyone. And so that, actually kind of inspired the looping. And then I realized that a lot of people are doing super cool loop stuff in the world. <laughs> so um, yeah, that was a long, a long answer for that question. But that's the basic thing, like my teaching actually inspired the looping, which is kind of cool. I love that too. And then now, you know, exploring that looping and finding the people that have been doing it, now you can kind of get uh, some, some new ideas as well, I hope for, for, for the next up. Uh, you can check out uh, Maria here, Maria Keck on SoundCloud, Mightier, one of the tracks that's available on SoundCloud. Go check that out there. Maria, I gotta get ready to run here, but before I go, the name of the show is Groovy Soup. I ask you now, what is your favorite soup? <laughs> I make a spinach, zucchini, sausage soup. That is probably my favorite. It's spinach, zucchini, sausage, homemade, Ooh, sounds incredible. Very, very good. That sounds awesome. Again, Maria Keck, and you can catch Maria on the Megan Redden live stream. And you can check out this episode of Groovy Soup on streaming services after it airs on this Sunday. Maria, thank you so much for your time. Paul, thank you so much for having me. It was great. Up next, the champ is here. Keep it here. This is Groovy Soup on Power 105. is Groovy Soup on Power 105. Welcome back to Groovy Soup. Paul Holden back with you all here. Our next artist is a staple of the beatbox community, and through his music, he's been able to help that community thrive and has steered him into a more positive state of mind. loop de loo also known as Lethal FX, is up next, and this one's called What He Say His Name Was. What he say his name was lethal effects. What what he say his name was lethal effects. What what he say his name was lethal effects. It be lethal effects. It be lethal effects. What what he say his name was lethal effects. It be lethal effects. It be lethal effects. First name Buddha Vic, middle name G. 
kids are taking notes cause they wanna get like me I'm like yo, it's L, my sound effects are lethal I prove it in my name and then I aim it at the people Verbal economics leave your brain stuck on preschool Way before the cell phones and people who will tweet you You suck on PC but these people wanna see you So open up your eyes and realize it's all see-through For me too, even with the flow so incredible I am like the Hulk to all y'all ripped to shreddables It's inevitable for me to rip the microphone If you ain't quite as dope as me, you need to leave the mic alone What he say his name was? Lethal effects. What, what he say his name was? Lethal effects. What, what he say his name was? Lethal effects. It be lethal effects. It be lethal effects. What he say his name was? Lethal effects. What, what he say his name was? Lethal effects. What, what he say his name was? Lethal effects. It be lethal effects. It be lethal effects. I've been so cool since the first day of school, rocking brand new shoes, body marked with tattoos, beatboxing outside for freestyle and cruise. I'm the illest. To ever scratch a pen to a notebook While y'all was doing homework I skipped school and wrote hooks Yeah, but I still passed all my classes Stay high like Jackie O Behind some dark sunglasses I'm that kid sitting in the back kid All the answers stacked in my head Before the teacher even asked it So any test that didn't need urine I passed it Been through college Got a degree So don't be upset When your kids are following me What'd he say his name was? Lethal effects What'd what he say his name was? Lethal effects what what he say his name was Lethal effects it be lethal effects it be lethal effects what he say his name was Lethal effects what what he say his name was Lethal effects what what he say his name was Lethal effects it be lethal effects it be lethal effects Born in Youngstown on the side of the south I grew up on the streets rapping beats from my mouth Yes, lethal effects they call me Mr. Frick of Fresh I rock and I roll but I'm more into drugs and sex LFX is known on the microphone to get reckless no need to check this always on time like mcdonald's for breakfast slowing down now i go round like a necklace town to town i throw it down and leave you breathless lethal effect is all over the net kids search my name on youtube to visually see but if you want to check my stats and facts cat then google me what he say his name was lethal effects what what he say his name was lethal effects what what he say his name was lethal effects it be lethal effects. It be lethal effects. What he say his name was. Lethal effects. What, what he say his name was. Lethal effects. What, what he say his name was. Lethal effects. It be lethal effects. It be lethal effects. <laughs> What he say his name was Lethal effects What he say his name was Lethal effects That was What He Say His Name Was by Lethal FX, also known as Loop De Lou. I had a great interview with Loop De Lou, and he is a top-tier beatboxer, a champion beatboxer at that. He's a producer, he's a Twitch streamer, and so much more. Let's learn. And today we are joined by a very special guest. Lethal FX joins us. Thank you so much for your time. Hey, thanks for having me. I appreciate it, Paul. I have every show start off by having our artists introduce themselves and telling us a little bit about what they do. So the floor is yours. My name is Lethal FX. I'm a professional beatboxer, looper, and producer out of Columbus, Ohio. I've been beatboxing for about 15 years. Uh, I took the 2017 Ohio Beatbox Battle Championship. Um, aside from that, I have been adapting more into the live stream and looping world, and I'm kind of transitioning out of Lethal FX into the name Loop Lou. So you can check me out at loopdelou.tv or lethalfx.com for the old stuff. 
Loop de Lou, formerly Lethal XFX. So much to unpack there. Um, let's start, I guess, uh, at least with the transition. What made you decide to to switch things up from uh, for, and start a new chapter of music? Um, so I've been doing the the looping thing for a while. I really haven't brought a lot of equipment out except for a, a previous band that I was in. I would loop and play with a uh, acoustic guitar player and uh, vocalist. Uh, we went by the name Squirple, and we were doing shows out uh, like that as a looping gig. And as of February 28th last year, that was like my, uh, the 2020 would have been my last show as Lethal Effects, and it was just me and a microphone. So um, after that, I started kind of adapting into the live stream world and, and getting more into the technology of looping and the Twitch TVs and all that fun stuff. And uh, the reason I kind of decided to transform out of the name Lethal Effects is because, um, I mean, just based on my history of partying and things like that, I was no longer partying like I was, and I didn't want the effects that I had to seem like they were, they were lethal and killing me. So I got this whole new, this vibe of positivity and, uh, it's a name that I've tossed around for a while. I just never actually made the move because I had marketed myself as lethal effects for so long. Um, but yeah, after that, and after doing the lockdown shows for over a year, I was ready to transition into the next step. And I think loop de loo and the live stream world is really where I'm headed. Yeah. I mean, it, it just shows you the importance of the name and what goes into it too. I mean, like you said, you got a different kind of message, a different type of idea, and uh, now you get to, to be able to show off in the right way. So loop-de-loo, that's how I'm going to formally uh, introduce you uh, now as part of the show. Um, so for those that aren't familiar, tell me, give me just like your definition of looping, what that means, what you're kind of meaning when you're saying that and, and what people would expect to see if they went and checked you out on Twitch. Okay, yeah, so uh, looping basically is the ability to record yourself on the fly, um, which comes quite handy for somebody with beatbox skills, as well as uh, I do play a little bit of synthesizer and some other instruments as well. Um, so basically what looping is, is I can take a, a one bar phrase of beatboxing, hit the button and it'll repeat itself. So I would just go. And once that loop is recorded, I can layer other uh, forms of audio on top of that. So actually the loop station that I use is called an RC505 uh, made by Boss. And that has the ability to do five different, um, five different channels at the same time. So I can actually mix right on the fly um, and do five, five different channels. I can add a beat, um, maybe add like a little extra hi-hat note, uh, maybe a bass line, a lead and some vocals. And then I could take each one of those channels individually and affect them uh, based on that. That is so cool. Not only was it cool that you dropped the, the just a couple of brief sample there uh, in the middle of there. So I, let's dive into it. Beatboxing. I mean, you've been doing it for so long. Uh, 2017 Beatbox Champion of the Year. How did you get started in beatboxing? And what was it? What about beatboxing made you want to stick with it and continue to stick with it for so long? Um, I started beatboxing primarily just i mean as a kid when i was making noises um it's funny people always ask me how how i got into it i was like you know when you were a kid and you made a bunch of noises it's like yeah i was like okay i just never totally. stopped doing that <laughs> yeah I never no i feel the it. same way i just can't do it in a in a, in, in a way that represents a song i'm just loud and obnoxious uh, <laughs> <laughs> uh when i was in high school i started producing beats for some friends that were well i was in the hip-hop scene for quite a while uh, but i would produce beats for some friends that would rap and then it got to the point where i learned that I didn't need a computer or a beat pad to be able to compose patterns or write patterns or uh, drum patterns and things on my own. So I started getting into the, just the basics of the, <laughs> just with kicks, snares, hi-hats, and didn't add too much element on top of that at the time. Uh, 
but you know, lunch breaks and stuff, we would go outside and I would do the little and all the guys would freestyle over it. And I started realizing that it had more of a wow factor than, than anything else that I was doing. Um, even from going uh, from the hip hop scene into, I was actually in the metal scene for a while where I played bass and screamed in some metal bands. And we would do set breaks where I would grab the microphone and do a little beatbox routine. And again, it just always had the, the biggest wow factor. Um, so I think that's when I put most of my effort into the instrumentation of my beatboxing rather than bass or synthesizer or anything else like that and started focusing more on the beats and the beat routine and then I got into the beatbox scene in about 2010 I went to the American Beatbox Championships and met uh, a handful of the beatboxers there and, and got into the scene and um, with that I mean I guess that's how I just got better and better at it and being able to create rhythms and create new sounds on the spot since then I started organizing my own beatbox events in 2012 uh, I also run a company called Shut Your Mouth and Beatbox. And the whole point of that was because there were so many beatboxers out there talking crap about how oh, I'm better than you, I'm better than you. So we got into the whole like, shut your mouth and beatbox, let the beatboxing do the talking for you. And we started organizing competitions, uh, festivals, events, workshops, and things like that that we've been doing pretty actively since 2012. Man, that is incredible. And and, and so awesome to hear not only you your dedication for the craft being able to you know, get your talents to where it is, but to be able to take that passion and bring it to things like uh, events and festivals and bringing com the community together. And and I'm sure so many talented people uh, across uh, such a wide spectrum of music. So you, you, you mentioned also, not only are you uh, a beatbox champion and you do the looping, but you also sent me some rap tracks. You do a bunch of producing. Is there a difference in your approach to when you're going in to kind of create maybe a traditional hip hop song or when you're in the metal band or your other bands versus when you're going to do like a looping performance or something that has a lot of that beatboxing elements to it? Um, I think at the time it was mainly just the phase that I was in. I started in the hip hop scene, um, got into the metal scene for a little while, and then I started doing um, beatbox sets at festivals between jam bands and EDM, uh, things like that. And that's kind of when I started to adapt more into that culture. And I felt more appreciated, uh, a little, I felt the vibes more. Um, and being able to go to those festivals and just kind of be myself in free flow and, and still get that kind of that reaction from it. Um, I've had bands like Blue Moon Soup like invite me on stage to, to jam with them and stuff like that. So with that, I just appreciated more of the freestyle element of it. And, uh, and like I said, being able to adapt in, in multi-genres. Um, I feel like my heart is more like in that electronic music scene. Um, not necessarily just techno, but, uh, you know, dubstep, yeah. drum and bass, house music. Um, there's a lot that you can do with beatboxing. So I don't like to limit myself necessarily, but that seems to be the scene that I'm mostly into. Um, a lot of the tracks that I had sent you are older tracks. So there's a lot of old hip hop tracks. A lot of the new stuff that I'm doing as loop-de-loo, I don't necessarily, I'm not recording as many tracks because it's so, so much of a freestyle improv jam. Um, I kind of just go into the loop station, what I call the space station in there. Um, I just hit record and I, I see what happens. Um, so for the most part, like I said, I don't, I'm not making songs as much as I am jamming nowadays. That's it. And it's very interesting. And especially, you know, like you said, when you're, when you're creating that looping, it is all about going off the top and then being able to mix and layer right as while you're doing that. How do you, what's practice like for that? I mean, if for somebody who wants to get started, maybe what, what would you recommend for them to, to do to, to get, to get involved in maybe even just the simple process of just laying and mixing beats? Um, ultimately, just don't be afraid to make mistakes. Um, 
it, beatboxing is the easiest form of music because you can bring it with you anywhere. Um, it's like, imagine if you were a guitar player and you had a guitar built into your body and you're anywhere you go in the shower, when you're driving, um, at work, no matter what, like I always have this beatbox instrument with me. So like, I'll catch myself sometimes. I'll just be at the grocery store and like walking down an aisle and like beatboxing with the shopping cart. Somebody will come around the corner and catch me beatbox. I'm like, Oh, and I kind of like freeze <laughs> and stop myself. But again, it's like, don't be afraid to, to try something new. Um, I still like, I mean, I'm 33 now. My dad still calls me. He's like, are you still beatboxing? I'm like, yeah, dad, it's a big part of my life. <laughs> uh, so yeah, I still like, I'm still making random noises and trying to experiment with new things as often as I can. Um, another element or the idea behind loop-de-loo is, is that we all make mistakes, but the key is not to repeat them. Uh, so with that looper, I have the ability to like, if I hit a sound and I'm like, I don't like that sound. I don't like that sound. I don't like that sound. Oh, okay. I like that sound. Let me record that into there. Uh, mm -hmm. So a lot of stuff, like I said, I'm doing on the fly, but I have the ability also to um, just kind of wing it. When you're going into something like that, is there anything, do you have any form of a blueprint or like a foundation that you go off of? Or is it just the, once the record, it's like, okay, this is the first sound that's in my head. Let's start there. Is there any, is there any sort of prep or is it kind of all completely improv? And how, um, do you, how did you get to that stage to be able to do this? It's mostly improv. And I, I got it from the fact that I had been producing and, and learning and jamming with other bands for so long that like, I started being able to, I guess in the jazz scene, they just call it vamp, you know, or like vamping, like right off of whatever the, you know, whatever is happening in the moment, you have to be able to play with it. Um, so I got that and started learning different beatbox rhythms and beatbox sounds. So yeah, like in my head, and before I start to hit record, I'll come up with the idea of, do I want to do like a dubstep beat or a hip hop beat or a quicker, like, you know, drum and bass or a break beat or a house beat. Um, so I'll start, that's literally the most raw thing that I do is, is I just start with a beatbox and I start with the beatbox loop and I might add like some uh, drum pads to add the element of an actual kick drum and an actual snare over it and then I go right over to the synthesizer start to hit some notes and play with the like arpeggiators and things like that it's all midi synced uh, so once I set the beat in the timing with the the loop station system that I have everything else the whole system will sync up in time with that so um, that's been cool and the technology side of it has been quite an experience for me Unfortunately, like I don't take the time as much as I wish I could to break down every individual instrument that I have and master the synthesizer or master the bass or master the, the loop station itself. Because there's a lot of beatboxers out there that just are them and, the, and the, the RC505 or the looping machine. And they go in and track out all those different effects and have all these different presets and things like that. But I just kind of, like I said, I wing it for the most part. And I have fun doing it that way. Um, I've always had more fun doing that than I do with the the structured idea of writing a song or like actually taking a time because then when, once you're doing, do that, doing that, it comes more, it feels like work um, mm -hmm. as opposed to fun. Um, and I work a full-time job. So when I do that, I just kind of get in there and let loose and whatever comes to mind, I let it happen. More from Luke DeLue next here on Groovy Soup. Groovy Soup on Power 105. This is Groovy Soup on Power 105. Welcome back into Groovy Soup. One more jam for this episode. It's a song from Luke Dulu, and it's called Player Hated.
That was player hated by Luke Delu. Lots more in the interview. So let's dive in. I love that approach. I love that mindset because, and and it's not to say, you know, you're not taking it less serious or anything like that. You're taking it very serious, but you're just doing it your way, your style. It's your music after all. Why, mm -hmm. why shouldn't you perform it in your way? And especially in a way that you're having fun. Cause I feel like that's gotta be, gotta be one of the most important things about performing and doing all this work and, oh, yeah. and, and putting it all in. It's gotta be fun for, for it to be worth it. It's definitely been weird um, doing the live stream thing from the, from the house for a year, as opposed to when I was doing the beatbox live. Um, I mean, I was doing two, two shows a weekend, at least like three to five shows a month um, and festivals and traveling quite a bit. Uh, it's definitely a lot easier in my mind in front of a live audience because you get that energy, you get that right. feedback and the vibes as opposed to like, you know, I'll hit a loop and then I look over to like my Twitch and I'm like, who's commenting? Who's liking it? And like, oh, there's only four people watching. This is weird. So it's uh, the live element has always given me more energy and I was able to feed off of that quite a bit. Um, so a lot of the shows that I did that were just me and a microphone, you know, friends and, and other bandmates and things like that would ask me before I go on, they're like, well, what are you going to do? I'm like, I don't know, man. I'm just going to go ahead and wing it again. Like I'll start to make noises. Uh, I have different routines that I practice. Obviously I have different things that I, different uh, tricks in my sleeve. Right. Um, so, I'll, so I'll just kind of start somewhere. And again, off based off of the vibes of the sound system, the energy of the crowd, um, the higher response I get there, the more energy that I'm actually putting into my show. So. Do you think uh, before? Sorry, I, I, we are talking to Loop de Loop here. I should say, formerly uh, Lethal FX. Uh, you might have just seen him perform at the Big Room. How that must have been a pretty good time, being able to get back out there and be able to at least get uh, a live type show out there again. Yeah, yeah. Actually, we did that. Uh, the funny thing about that is we didn't really know what to expect because I told the guys, I'm like, you know, bring your masks, bring your own mic. Um, all the beatbox events that I do from now on are going to be bring your own microphone events. Um, so we showed up and we realized there wasn't an actual audience. It's all live stream. They had a very, a very legitimate setup, a three or four camera system set up, direct audio feed, all that stuff. But it was only us four beatboxers and maybe four people on their, on their technology team that were setting up. You know, they had one guy that was hosting, one guy that was running the sound, and then another guy that was doing the, uh, the videos. Um, so we weren't really performing in front of an actual crowd. And again, there was like that weirdness of, you kind of create this live element of, yeah, make some noise, but there's like nobody really there to make any noise. Right. They also, they also had the speakers quite low um, because of the system that they had that apparently their, their house speakers would feed back quite a bit. And they're like, we've experienced it. I was like, can we turn them up just a little bit? And they're like, no, not really. Uh, I don't want to feed back live. So we just kind of rolled with the punches, but it was, it was good to just be out there, see some friends again um, and, and beatbox with people other than myself. Right. And hopefully you get to keep doing a lot more of that uh, soon. We shall see. But uh, do you think when things uh, pick back up, is, is the is the online show uh, something that you're going to keep doing? Is that some, something you're going to keep embracing? Yeah, absolutely. I want that to uh, still kind of take a main role. Um, aside from that, I am doing more like event organization and things like that. We actually just did the Ohio Beatbox Battle at Otherworld. If you're not familiar with that venue, check it out, otherworldohio.com. Um, we did a very limited socially distant event, masks required, um, bring your own mic kind of thing like that too. And it came out really nice. And again, it was geared more towards being an online event than it was a live show, but it gave that live element and, and having like a, a really cool stage and backdrop and things like that. Um, but yeah, I, I would like streaming to be something that I can continue to do just because on my downtime when I'm not working and when I'm not doing shows, that's, that's a good outlet for me. And there's a lot of times that I'll just be 
even before I started streaming, like I'll start recording something. I'm like, oh, this is pretty sweet. Like, can I look around? There's like nobody there to hear it. So that's why mm -hmm. I was like, okay, cool. I've started building up the my my live stream setup and having the direct audio feed and a couple of different cameras to run through that. So. Yeah, absolutely. And a very, it, it's a cool thing to do. And honestly, I think it, it we're definitely going to see it. And everyone's put so much work and time into it this past year. Why not keep it going? The, the live stream is a great resource for people to have to be able to get some really, really cool access to so much cool music. But it, uh, I was going to say it really helps to spread the, uh, you know, the outlet and not just have local shows and things like that. You can actually have a networking and online following that could be across the world ready to tune in uh, when you go live. Actually, pretty soon here, I'm about to watch a, a live stream from Side Stage Collective. Um, they're doing like their four-year anniversary. So I, I, I dig that idea of, of adapting into the live stream world. And again, now that I'm getting a little bit older, I mean, it's Saturday night. Unfortunately, I'll probably still fall asleep by like 10 or 11, but I could go and sit <laughs> in my living room, kick on the TV, throw some speakers on because I have the speaker, speaker hooked up to the TV and kind of vibe out to the music there and make, you know, make it your own. Yeah. Um, you don't have to constantly be in the bar scene, which is unfortunate. Like I said, that's where most of my shows have been for so long, which is like, I was used to being at the bar until two in the morning. And, and, and that played a pretty heavy role in my life for a long time that after I adapted and changed and everything went on lockdown, I actually started to experience like a whole lot of depression and anxiety that I had never felt before. Cause I'm like, I wasn't doing stuff. And I was like, right. I want to see, I want to see all these people that I was partying with and all this stuff. So I actually took like a little journey of sobriety there for a while. And some of the people that I was partying with on a regular basis kind of phased their way out of my life and probably for the better. So I'm starting to surround myself with more like-minded people. And uh, like I said, have a little bit more positive of an of a impact and a little bit more positive of path, not only in my own life, but in the events that I'm starting to organize. Uh, sorry, my cats are fighting in the background. Um, but yeah, I mean, I can't even tell you. It's, it's embarrassing how many shows that I through with with younger beatboxers whether it was workshops or battles or things like that and there's like 16 17 year old beatboxers going around and i was like close to blackout drunk or like you know stumbling over my own words because i like couldn't speak properly when i'm supposed to be emceeing a show and i got to the point where i wasn't actually taking my craft seriously it was just it was just part of the the party life and the party scene that i had known and and i start to realize now i mean it's like music doesn't have to be based around you know that scene and that whole like party scene i mean music itself has so many different outlets and ways to hear it and and i think people should be able to get up and early in the morning and put music on and not have to worry about it you know partying until 4 a.m and things like that right. um not to say that that's not something that's going to start to work its way back into my life i definitely miss the festival scene i want to get out there and uh, start hanging out with those people till the sun comes up again but right now i just can't do it anymore so i've been right. doing the loop-de-loop thing and uh that's been my main focus and like i said i might work in the nine to five and doing some like uh, editing and producing here from the house and just trying to get some other things uh, in order and focus a little bit more on, on that outcome. So. Yeah. I mean, I, I commend you, you know, for taking it, you know, you took a hard look and, and took some really tough steps and you know, that stuff is not easy to, to go through, but you were able to take it on and, and to be able to go up and, and really refocus yourself and, and start taking care of yourself. You know that I love to hear that. And you know, that's it. I know that's a, I know it's a journey and I, I wish you the best of luck on wherever it takes you. And I'm glad music mm -hmm. gets to be a part of it. And it's been something that's uh, has been able to help you through it. So we're talking to loop de loo here. Um, we're going to get ready to wind things down. You, you've been working all day. I'm going to, we've had, you've been so gracious with your time here already. Uh, where can people catch the next live stream and, and where can they catch uh, all the things that you make and create? So our next live stream is actually, uh, we're filming the, or I'm sorry, streaming the, uh, Ohio beatbox battle, April 30th. That's next Friday, April 30th. You can just check it out on shutyourmouthandbeatbox.com. 
Um, it can be multi-streamed on YouTube and Facebook and Twitch, but if you go to shutyourmouthandbeatbox.com, you can watch it directly from there. Um, aside from that, I actually haven't uh, started to put up a new live stream schedule because uh, as of last weekend, I did four live streams as well as the battle recording. Um, and I'm kind of just, after I do this battle, uh, start to unwind and put a little, a new schedule together for loop de -Loo. So you can check loopdelu.tv. Um, it's just L-O-O-P-D-E-L-O-U.tv. And that's going to have the schedule as well as my Twitch channel on there. Um, I'm starting to get into the Twitch world more than I ever had because there's a pretty good scene on Twitch. I actually also just started an OnlyFans account. You can check out OnlyFans.com slash And no, I won't be naked, but I do feel like uh, I do feel like OnlyFans is going to be the future of music and where musicians are going to start to put the outlet for their for their music and people that are literally fans of their music and want to catch exclusive unreleased material, videos, albums, new songs. Um, OnlyFans is going to be the, the spot for that, I'm pretty sure. So uh, keep an eye out. I'm actually starting to see advertisements about that, too, that are like, hey, are you a band? Get on OnlyFans. Uh, so I know it's got a weird rep right now, but, but yeah, I think that's where that's going to be headed. That's a really interesting point. And I mean, it, it makes total sense. It kind of makes me think of the Patreon model where, you know, people have the Patreons. If you are a big fan of podcasts or video creators, uh, you pay for their Patreon and you're paying for just more exclusive stuff. So, uh, you know, loop de -Loo there on, uh, what was that? loop de .tv If you want to stay up to date, uh, shut your mouth and beatbox uh, for all things in the uh, beatbox world. They're going on with all the events uh, he's putting on there. And uh, my last question for you here, before I let you get ready for that uh, live stream, you're about to watch is the name of the show is groovy soup. I ask you now, what is your favorite type of soup? Ooh, favorite type of soup, French onion. Ooh, French onions. Yeah, uh, it doesn't agree with my breath, breath, especially with the mask season going on right now. But uh, yeah, a good French a French onion soup with the you know the croutons in it and the cheese melted on top. Ooh, Ooh that's delicious. It's just about uh, I need a snack or something. It's too early for dinner, but I always get super hungry around this time. But uh, Loop Dilu, thank you so much for your time. I appreciate it. Uh, best of luck with everything going forward. Not a problem. Thank you again, Paul. Thank you, Groovy Soup. You guys are awesome. That's going to do it for this episode of Groovy Soup. Big time thanks to Maria Keck and Loop de Loo for joining the show tonight. Be sure to follow along with the bands on their social media pages. And if you or your band is interested in the show, email me at pholden at wxdq.com. That's P-H-O-L-D-E-N at wxdq.com. Check out every episode of Groovy Soup online at our digital archive on our website as well, wxdq.com slash groovy soup. It's also streaming on all of your favorite platforms. Just search Groovy Soup. Back in action with more soup next week. I'm Paul Holden, signing off.